Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Wednesday edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. We are live. We are local. We are digital on the Horn app. Enter hornfm.com. Jeff Howe, Horns 24-7, horns247.com, at Jeff Howe 247 on Twitter. Also, that Longhorn Blitz podcast, anywhere you get your podcasts, search Horns 24-7. That's Horns 247. No dashes, no splashes, no slashes, no spaces. Click that follow button, get every episode of the Longhorn Blitz. When it drops on Tuesday, as it did yesterday, a little later on the Blitz, but we'll get to why here in just a second, as I'm sure everybody is aware. Some big news on the recruiting front for the Longhorns. Uh, Specs text line is open, 337-3776. Craig Way out today, so it's just myself and the man who never misses a show. Unless, unless you're a high school football team in or around our fair burg, Playing for a state championship during the 10 to noon window, which was the case last year. Yeah. LBJ played for a state championship. Our erstwhile producer was there. He is the publisher, curator, otherwise major domo of everything FlexATX. It's FLXATX.com. At FLXATX on all of your social media platforms. He is the legendary, the one and only, the great Snoop Daniel. How are you, sir? I'm uh, I'm lit. I've been it's nonstop right now because I did volley. I did a doubleheader of volleyball last night. Congrats to Lake Travis and Dripping Springs for advancing to the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, I want you to save some of that volleyball talk for Flex Thirty because I do want to get into that in our Flex Thirty segment next hour. But then this morning, I was at uh, at National Letter of Intent Day, signing day, yes, yeah, sir. Yeah, so Westlake had their ceremony today. Nineteen kids, because when football comes in, it's going to be a lot of football. So, yeah. so they did the, the other sports today, but it was lit. I saw a coach Salazar. He really is taking uh, the role of uh, of being, I guess, a- a- athletic director because he's leading meetings. I mean, he's the first guy to speak. He's kind of corralling people. Even I was like, man, he's really assimilated to this role fast, and it looks comfortable and looks looks handsome. Yeah. <laughs> it looks handsome. It looks Does handsome. that matter? <laughs> I mean, I guess it's, uh, Coach Salazar is always cleaned up and professional when we see him. So, yeah, I guess you can go there, Snoop. That'll work. Um, speaking of Coach Salazar, Coach Tony Salazar, Westlake getting ready for their playoff game tomorrow against Cedar Ridge. That's a 7.30 start just down the street. Snoop, you can't walk to Chaparral Stadium from here, but uh, – 
don't know if you had a bike, you could probably get there. Yes, from for where sure. We're yeah. For sure. Yeah, I mean, that's a bit of a hike if you walk. If there was something there. really wrong where I had to, like, the zombie apocalypse and that was the safe zone, I, I, could, I would walk there. <laughs> well, yeah, we could all make exceptions for stuff. But, like, if you had a, a capable <laughs> a capable bike, yeah, a nice, I don't know, a Schwinn, a Huffy, what kind of bike kid were you, Snoop? A uh, cheap one. Uh, I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It was really cheap. Oh, God. Like, the kind that would rust real easy. Oh, yeah. Anyway. But, I had a... I had a Huffy 10-speed, I remember Damn, that. Damn, a 10-speed fan. Yeah, man. That's, what's That's what I wanted one one Christmas. was. See, I, you go through cycles where one you know, Christmases, a lot of times it was whatever game console was out. Yeah. And then that's when your parents would be like, well, what else do you want? <laughs> yeah, I want a bike. A yeah, bike that, would be great. One of, one of my big Christmases as a child, I should try to find that picture, is when our parents got us all bikes. I know that set them back a bit. But. Oh, that's awesome, man. The bike the bike is one of those Christmas presents that stands the test of time. Like, no kid, what kid's going to wake up Christmas morning and be mad that their parents got them? Or if, if uh, in the case that maybe that's what you asked Santa for that year, Santa left you a bike. What kind of kid's going to wake up mad at that? No kid's going to wake up mad at that. Yeah, they're not going to be like that angry horse who didn't get his <laughs> kick over the Didn't get his Jordans. Yeah, oh, yeah. He wanted his 11, Snoop. That's all he wanted. Uh, no, I uh, I was just I was thinking, I was saying that and thinking about You remember the Cat Williams bit where he's talking about Christmas shopping? Cat Williams, oh, God. He's talking about the Christmas shopping, and he's like, I just go to the dollar store. He's like, instead of spending $100 on one toy, I just go to the dollar store. Because what kid... Ain't gonna wake up on Christmas morning and be mad at getting a hundred toys. <laughs> Dude, Cat Williams dog. Oh my God. Anyway. Yeah. Uh all right. So Thank we've got to get to a lot of stuff. We'll get to Westlake head coach Tony Salazar coming up here in just a little bit. That's about what Snoop, about ten minutes out of uh, yeah, our conversation with Coach Salazar. Mm-hmm. So we'll talk to Coach Salazar, then we'll take a break. After the break, then we'll get to Snoop's edition of the Whataburger Top Five. Today is what don't tell me. Our Whataburger top five today is, it all runs together, players to watch. It is. Because it's Wednesday. And this is normally, normally Wednesday's a Snoop edition anyway, but with Craig out, it is especially a Snoop edition. How many ties you got today? Uh, you know, I only got two. only got two. But, uh, two ties? I, but there is uh, there's some significant players. In fact, I can name like 100 players. If you want me to do that? I'll have, I have 98 ties. <laughs> Um, if yeah. you want to, I, I could leave you some, I could rearrange my second hour Longhorn Notebook and leave you okay. some wiggle room for Flex 30 cool, and yes. just basically we could engineer the show to where we could just let you run out the clock, Whoa. just naming off, just naming off players to okay. watch. Okay. Okay. Word. Oh, that's fun. We're Thank really you. not going to do that, Snoop. Oh. It's, do you like the idea though? <laughs> whatever. I'm down for Whatever. <laughs> Yeah, so we'll get to Coach Salazar, a couple of Longhorn Notebooks, Snoop's Flex 30 segment. Inconceivable. Did you watch any of the election coverage last night, Snoop? I'm, like, mesmerized by it. Please indulge me. And I watch, I'll I'll be honest, man, I watch all the networks. I try to watch a little bit of everything. So I'll watch a little bit of, I actually, uh, shout out to the folks at KVU. I watched a lot of KVU last night because they had, you know, the uh, CBS Austin and Fox 7 and, uh, the other channels had, uh, like, the national, so it's whatever, like, CBS's All coverage right. or NBC's coverage, KXAN. Uh, but KI had local stuff, and so I watched some of the uh, some of the local covers, some of the local races, Austin mayor race and state representatives and, uh, you know, ballot, you know, propositions and whatnot. Do you have any 
No, updates. I was just saying I'm, I'm mesmerized oh, yeah, by yeah. it. Like, so I watched that. I watched a little bit of, I watched some CNN. I watched, I flipped over to Fox News. I watched MSNBC. Like, I try to get a, it's like election night for me, Snoop. It's like being at the buffet, right? You just got to gotta sample a little. I want to sample a little bit of everything. Uh. So it was good, though. But I did, I did see a ballot initiative last night in a couple of states that is part of our inconceivable because the way it was presented by all the networks, I was like, surely that's not right. And I had to do a li- not as much rabbit holing as I do on football stuff, but I had to do a little rabbit holing last night for Inconceivable. So we'll do that uh, coming up at the end of the hour. But right now, let's go ahead and get to a little Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. Hey, can I get a Vuvuzela since you our can, sounders are back? Thank you. We lost the ability to have some sounders. Let me see if it, hold on. I'm going to see something. Jeff. Okay. All right. So it's not every time. Anyway, that, that was actually a behind the curtain thing live on the air. I tried. It's all good. I, if you hadn't said anything, I wouldn't have noticed. Because remember, just... uh, anyway, because anyway, the, the, when they rebooted live, Wide Orbit, sometimes there's been like delays. I like, remember yesterday we were talking with Craig and it would be like that little weird two second yeah, delay. Yeah. That was, that's actually, that's something that we are, are fixing. So I know people are like, what? going on yeah it was a little a little clunky mm-hmm. i guess so sometimes like uh every now and then i'll hit a button like i hit it then and it won't fire off it'll one, two, and then fire so that's annoying so apologies longhorn notebook aaron bowersock appreciate yes you. All, all of our <laughs> longhorn notebooks brought to you by aaron bowersock bowersockteam.com your home loan expert get with aaron and her team uh let her do for you what she did for craig when craig moved to georgetown aaron bowersock and her team uh, did a really good job helping Craig out, taking a lot of the burden off of his plate. Uh, BowersockTeam.com. Aaron Bowersock is your home loan expert. All right, Snoop, as we get ready for Texas and TCU, I want to go back to something that I asked Sark in a press conference on Monday, and that was talking about the red zone. And I went and looked at some red zone numbers. And one of the reasons why red zone was top of mind for me and is going to be top of mind for me, and it's kind of going to, it's going to be maybe my main statistical area to watch in this game is because Texas is actually really good in the red zone, both offensively and defensively. I don't think the fact that Texas is really good offensively in the red zone would surprise a lot of people, but the fact that the Longhorns are good defensively in the red zone, uh, I think bodes really, really well. Texas right now, 40 red zone attempts, uh, 25 touchdowns Texas has scored in the red zone. So I think as long as you're, if you're in that 50 plus, you know, 55, 60% range in terms of your touchdown percentage, that's going to be pretty good for the offense. TCU's a team, Snoop, they just don't get in the red zone a ton. 39 red zone attempts uh, the Horn Frogs have had this year. That's kind of, you know, middle of the road in the Big 12. You've got Kansas, Baylor, and Texas all in the 40s in terms of uh, of how often they've been in the red zone. Uh, let's see, I just lost my spot here. There we go. But TCU right now, they've only got an 82.1% uh, scoring rate in the red zone, 39 red zone trips, uh, 26 touchdowns. So, you know, kind of right around where Texas is in terms of your touchdown percentage uh, of the uh, that. So it's 36 scores for Texas, 32 for TCU. TCU just doesn't get in there as much as a team like Texas does. Uh, and you think about that. I mean, I know it's a difference between one red zone possession between them, but uh, we talked about last week, and I thought that was one of the things in the K-State game when I asked Sark last Thursday about finishing drives in plus territory, maximizing your opportunities. Texas, by and large, the, the one notable exception would be 
the Roshan Johnson fumble at the you know, they had the fourth and one conversion. He gets the thirty seven yard run, gets the ball punched out. It's kind of the one time they didn't do that. And you look at the losses to Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, even the Alabama game, uh, the inability to finish off drives and, and plus territory with points really hurt them. But red zone defense is something that I want to look at. Like I mentioned, Texas is pretty good in the red zone offensively. They're top 30 in the country in red zone efficiency, offensively and defensively. Uh, Red zone defense, though, Texas, in terms of touchdown rate allowed. Now, you can look at scoring rate. Like I said, Texas is actually pretty good in the red zone defensively. Uh, 26 in the country, uh, 31 opponent red zone attempts. They've given up 16 touchdowns, so that's 24 scores on 31 red zone attempts. So that means they've gotten just seven outright stops in the red zone this year. One of those was against Kansas State. But I broke it down further because if you go back and remember Sark was talking about what defensive numbers he looks at to judge defensive efficiency, and we talked about yards per – he talked about yards per play being one of those. We talked about it on Monday, Texas right now, and this is partly where I'm going with the red zone stuff. Texas second in the Big 12 defensively in yards per play allowed – 5.05, 5.05, basically 5.1 yards per play. Just think about it. Texas was giving up almost that on the ground alone last year. That's how much this Texas defense has improved. Do they have a lot of work to do? Yeah, still a lot of work to be done, but a lot better than they were last year in a lot of those statistical categories. But I looked at it in terms of what is your touchdown rate allowed in the red zone? Snoop, would it surprise you to tell you that the Big 12 leader in lowest red zone touchdown percentage allowed this season? Let me guess. I'll go ahead and guess. I'll, I'll give you a couple guesses. Baylor. No. Um, TCU. Mm, definitely not. Okay. How about Texas Tech? Red Raiders, 47.2% touchdown Jeff rate allowed. Alice Longhorn Notebook. What are we doing? <laughs> it's okay. What's going, uh, what's going uh, on back uh, there? Actually, he didn't accidentally hit a button. Tyrus, what are you doing back there to my show, sir? Yeah, sorry, I can't hear you, Jeff. But okay, well, trying to trying to fix some technical issues in all right, right now. All right, I've just got sounders going off and all <laughs> kinds of stuff. Uh, but Texas, with that touchdown rate allowed, a fifty-one point six percent touchdown rate allowed in the red zone. So in TCU, when you look at how TCU makes their hay offensively. A lot of it's on explosive plays. Uh, they're one of the best in the country at generating explosive plays. So they don't count on being really good in the red zone. I, that's the key for me defensively is Texas limiting explosive plays, and they're going to have to do it in the passing game. Texas has been really good this year limiting limiting explosive plays in the run game. We talked about it on the Longhorn Blitz podcast, uh, and I did go back and, and, and validate. Uh, Rod did the numbers. Rod Babers crunched the numbers. Six 20 runs of 20-plus yards. Texas has allowed only six this year, uh, and you can count them, man. Like the 81-yard touchdown run by Jace McClellan in the Alabama game, Jaden Nixon at the 51-yard touchdown run in the Oklahoma State game. Uh, yeah, I forgot what the Jalil Farouk. They had a couple of those on the speed sweep stuff in the Oklahoma game. Uh, so Texas actually done a really good job preventing explosive plays in the run game. And what I think is going to be interesting, too, for Pete Kwiatkowski in terms of devoting resources and reorganizing his resources, can you devote most of them to stopping the pass? Because we know this Texas pass defense, they've had some issues, and I think Texas has the ability, because they're so good on the interior defensively, they've got the ability to stop the run with light boxes. Again, because they are so good. I ran on the numbers yesterday. Texas right now, according to Pro Football Focus, in terms of great interior defensive line grades, 
four of the best seven, four of the highest graded interior defensive linemen in the Big 12 are on this Texas defensive line. So I do want to get to more about this. Uh, Texas just preventing explosive plays. That's kind of where I'm going with all this. But right now, we're going to go ahead and get to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina hotline. Uh, Our weekly coaches conversation, it is the Wednesday edition. It is brought to you by our good friends at Texas Truck and Trailer. Normally, he joins us in studio, but with Westlake getting ready to play a playoff game tomorrow, 7.30, Chaparral Stadium against Cedar Ridge. He joins us on the phone right now. He is the head coach of the Westlake Chaparrals. He is Tony Salazar. Coach, we miss you in studio today, but it's good to talk to you nonetheless. How are you doing? Good morning. Good, good morning, guys. Good to hear you, Jeff. And, and obviously, thanks for having me on the phone. It's, it's a busy morning. We had uh, 19 student-athletes sign letters of tent this morning here at Westlake High School. And obviously, we're getting ready to go have a walkthrough here at about uh, 20 minutes here to get our football team ready for tomorrow night's game. Yeah, Coach, I, I want because Snoop and I were actually talking about that a little bit before we brought you on. And, and for you to be – I mean, everybody knows the football tradition at Westlake and, and you guys trying to make history in this playoff run, but you're at a school where across numerous sports there's so much history, so much tradition, so many kids get opportunities to, to continue and you know get their education paid for going to college. Uh, it's just got to be cool because they're, on the athletic front at Westlake, there's never a dull moment, no matter what season it is. Uh, there's always something to be excited about. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, obviously, boys and girls alike. We've had uh, today. We had several sports. I mean, we had baseball. We had uh, volleyball. Uh, we had swimming and diving. Numerous athletes swimming and diving. Soccer. Um, track. We had track athlete. One of our, our boys, track athletes. Uh, decided to go to Miami. So uh, Ashton Torn, state champion, long jumper, 100-meter kid. So obviously all throughout um, our, our athletic landscape, their success, and obviously that's because of uh, the tremendous student-athletes we have at Westlake and obviously the coaches and and, um, and obviously parents, parents that have gotten these kids to, to this point in time in their lives where they get to live out their dreams and, and dreams of playing you know, collegiate athletics. And so our hats are off to those parents, those student-athletes that um, – have been working for this for a long, long time. For them to obviously come to this day and and see it come to fruition is is amazing for them. Uh, it's obviously amazing for Westlake High School because they're all this is home for all of them. And obviously they'll go on and make new homes, the new places. But uh, we'll be here. And there's there's obviously pictures and success stories of them, uh, you know, winning games and winning championships at their own individual sports. And we're just uh, so happy for each and every one of those kids. And if you want to get a taste of what happened at Westlake this morning, Snoop's got you covered at Flex ATX with all the coverage from uh, some from some signing day stuff going on this morning. Coach, speaking of of, of kids finding new homes, uh, I mentioned one of the reasons why some of the content at Horns twenty four seven why I had to delay some stuff. Uh, some big news broke yesterday afternoon. Uh, Colton Vosick made it official. He is going to go to the University of Texas. And coach, I don't want to get into to the nitty gritty of of the actual you know recruiting process, but just in general. Uh, what type of a kid, what type of a player uh, is Texas getting Colton Vosick? Because this is a kid you've been around for a long time now. Yeah, there's no doubt. Obviously, he's um, we have many talented players here at Westlake, and but uh, I think he's right at the top of the list when it comes to the defensive side of the football. Um, obviously, blessed with uh, some physical traits that are going to allow him, uh, you know, to to be successful. Uh, but on top of that, just by having size and strength, doesn't mean you're a good football player. He works his tail off. In the film room, obviously in the off season, um, he's doing everything. You know, the team captain of our football team. Uh, he's not a real big rah rah guy. He just kind of plays with emotion come game day. 
And uh, it's really what I like about him. Obviously, senior tape, it looks great. Uh, you know, he's on pace if he continues and has some good games throughout the playoffs. And we're fortunate enough to play for a few more weeks. Uh, he'll have a chance of breaking the all-time sack, you know, single-season sack record here at, uh, at at Westlake. And so, tremendous young man. Obviously, I don't think there's any higher praise than saying, you know, he's kind of one of those kids that uh, you hope one day your your son grows up to be like. And uh, the way he treats people, um, you know, the way he conducts himself, you know, outside of the field house and the community at home, uh, he's just uh, he's a tremendous tremendous young man. All the all the props and. Uh, recognition needs to go to his mom, uh, Audra Vosick, and his dad, Brian Vosick, two outstanding, uh, you know, obviously parents that have, you know, positioned their son to have these opportunities. And my hat's off to them. Um, congratulations to them, obviously. And congratulations to Colton. And, and Texas is getting uh, one of Westlake's finest, no doubt. Westlake head coach Tony Salazar joining us here on Light the Tower on the Horn. Coach, when you get to the playoffs, the regular season's in the books, you get to that first week getting ready for a bi-district playoff game, does the sense of urgency around the field house for the kids, does it change, or is the standard just set so high that, uh, you know, wh- whether you're getting ready uh, you know, for a game in the middle of the season or a bi-district game or whatever, that standard is there and, and the kids know how to carry themselves regardless of, of where you are on the schedule? Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Right. I mean, obviously, the, the standards there, we understand every week we're getting everybody's best, and we have for the last, you know, for several years before we got here, Westlake was getting that treatment. And obviously, being on this 50-game run, it, it's, it accentuates that, and we're getting everybody's best, you know, shot every single game we get every week. And so our kids understand the price. We, we usually hear the price of poker. Uh, they understand it's, it's a high-stakes table. We don't have any second chances. I told them, I actually used kind of that analogy. I said, we're kind of that – we're, cons- we're at the World Series of Poker, and, and they got rid of all the outside tables. We've now moved to the main table. And uh, as we look across, you know, the table, we can see all the players across the state. And obviously, going forward, we have the first player we're looking at is Cedar Ridge. And they're a quality football team. We had a chance to play them in the playoffs a couple years ago. Um, uh, so we know what type of um, – what they're capable of, capable of. They have tremendous athletes. You know, good coach staff gives those guys – you know, puts them in some good positions. Uh, but, you know, I think our kids understood the sense of urgency last week, and I think that's a, that's a good testament of a championship football team. We didn't wait till this week to turn it on. We started last week. We brought our JV, the JV bring-ups that are, we're supplementing our varsity with, they came up last week, and we had a dress rehearsal, and we walked through, we, we, we had a practice with them, and we explained to our seniors to lead the way, show these guys, the future chefs, how we prepare a championship way. And obviously to do that last week was, was good to kind of dust it off uh, and I think it led to obviously us playing a great game last Thursday night against Johnson. Uh, we were we hit every single goal on our offensive goal board. We hit all but one goal on our defensive goal board. Our special teams was um, was uh, pretty pretty on. You know there was nothing that was uh, extraordinary, but there was nothing that was bad either. It was just kind of do your job, move on to the next week, and they did that. And so obviously um, we're hoping that uh, the two days of practice we've had on Monday, Tuesday. They were great spirited workouts. Obviously, having extra players out of practice helps. Uh, 
you know, their legs a little bit because they don't, they're not having to turn around and be a scout team player after they get done practicing on the field as an offensive player or as a defensive player. Uh, they may get a shot of water they didn't get before. And so uh, I've seen that. Or I've challenged our seniors, obviously. They understand um, they're, they're fighting for another game, and um, that's what happens with preparation. We don't just show up on game day expect to win. We do our practicing, and we win those games when there's nobody in the stands, when it's at those practice fields at Westlake High School at 530 in the morning. So um, our kids feel it. They sense it. They've showed it to me in practice this week. And so uh, I'm looking forward to putting a bow on this game plan here uh, in 30, about 20 minutes and then going out there and watch these boys play tomorrow night. Coach Salazar, I wanted to ask you one quick question. I know uh, 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 Brody Wilheim got one of those uh, on-his-head touchdowns last week. That was cool. And Grady Bartlett, he had a breakout game, a multi-touchdown effort. But uh, can you tell us about little brother Vosick, Connor Vosick? I know Colton is getting all of the shine with the pledge to Texas, but what is a little Connor Vosick? Uh, what is he like? Well, I mean, he's, he's actually a whole lot different than Colton. And um, personality-wise, he's different. He's going to be his own. He's gonna be his own man, and that's the thing I like about Connor at this point. He's not, um, you know, he's not riding coattails. He's just working behind the scenes. He's working, and he kind of joins the ranks of everybody else. Obviously, he has a lot to prove. We have some seniors right now in our defensive line that, uh, you know, are carrying the weight uh, with Colton. And I want to talk about those guys. Number ninety-seven, Brett Mays, uh, the start defensive end force all year long. Does has an outstanding motor. Plays on our special teams, on our pump block units. Um, 95, four Thompson, the defensive lineman does an outstanding job. Nate Wyand, uh, there's, there's no doubt that the strength of our defense here at Westlake is our defensive line. And, uh, it's been that way for, for a few years now. And obviously it's really what, what I believe has been the, the key to our success here is, is winning up front on the lines of scrimmage on offense and on defense. And so, uh, obviously Connor Voss is going to have a bright future for us, but, uh, there's a couple guys that are a little older than him right now that are making some big-time plays. And, and obviously keeping him off the field because they're making plays, and they deserve to be on the field as seniors on our football team. So uh, excited about our D-line, obviously Connor being a part of that, and we look for big things for his future. One more, Coach. Uh, uh, number 98, I don't know how to pronounce his name. The junior, uh, is it Boeing? Caden yep. Bain- Caden Bainig. Bainig. Yep. Oh. He's another one. He was a lineman, you know, just uh, – <laughs> It's pretty cool in today's age. You see it, and uh, we see it on on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday nights. We watch fresh, uh, you know, middle school football. There's a, essentially a whole line change a lot of times where eleven new dudes are going on the field. And I always thought it's great because you want every kid to play, and that's the way we do it here at, at the Hill Country and at West Ridge. Is multiple subs are going into football game at a time. You don't see it in that capacity at the high school varsity level very much. But uh, we're able to do that with our defensive line. You'll see about the second or third series of the game. Uh, so you'll see Coach Vosk, or D-line coach, trot out four new bodies. And, uh, you know, obviously we, we think those four new bodies against the same offensive line, you know, helps wear those guys down. And obviously fresh, hot motors getting after the quarterbacks and allows us to play for four quarters up front. And I think sometimes when D-line gets a set third and fourth quarter, if they've been playing the whole game, they run out of gas. And, uh you know, having multiple guys in our defensive line and being able to rotate those guys in, uh, I think allows us to play at our peak performance. Caden Banning being one of those. Last week, our actual our defensive player of the year, uh, week for our defense was uh, Kale Williams, number 96. Kale's a good story. Kale I had, had a lot of dog. Had, had a broken back like in January. Had to learn how to walk again. He's got a rod and screws in his Jeez. back. And uh, we didn't know about uh, if he'd ever play high school football. And he sat on the shelf for about the first four or five weeks of the season. You know, let his body heal up, 
you know, his family and him had some some conversations with doctors, and you know, ultimately decided to just go do this thing, give it a shot, and uh, he had three tackles for loss and a couple tackles last week, and he was our most productive player on defense. So we got plenty of those stories here at our field house of kids achieving, you know, overachieving, um, and that's testament to not want to lay each other down. Uh, T.J. Chris, another guy on our offensive line, he came back from a wrist surgery. The second they said he can cast it up, is healing up. He casts it up, and he's playing the next day. And it's just these kids not wanting to uh, – these kids wanted to leave it on the line for each other. Uh, we had a senior that uh, had a shoulder injury, Nico Dietrich, number 32. I mean, we got him a chance to – he's been nursing at Soldier for about, you know, the last eight weeks and uh, hadn't got a chance to play very much. Every time he kind of gets back to rehab, he gets set back and – uh, you know, he just, we got him in the game last week on senior night as a holder. And it was, uh, the outside world didn't see, but Nico has been at every single practice. He's been at every single meeting. Um, he refuses to, you know, to let his teammates see anything else other than, you know, his all in effort is all in, uh, with this football team. And, and I just, uh, my heart is full with, with happiness for, for guys like that. And our football team that care so much about each other and about this school. Coach, I know you're busy. I know you got to run, but we'll get you out of here on this. Uh, you mentioned the familiarity with Cedar Ridge. Uh, what did you, what do you think of them on when you've watched the film, and, and what challenges do you feel like they're going to pose your football team? You know, I think it, uh, for them, I, I think what you when you look at Cedar Ridge, I think their skill positions um, are very talented. I think they've got some some athletic secondary guys in the back end uh, that we're going to obviously have to to make sure we have good protection up front with our offensive line. When we try to throw the football, we got to be accurate with the ball as a quarterback. Uh, and then our receivers are going to have to go, go make plays. Those corners and, and safeties are going to be in positions. Um, and then you turn around to their offense, same thing. I think their skill, they use about three or four backs. They're all, you know, uh, highly uh, – they're able to obviously run the football at a high level. Um, they obviously have uh, an offensive line that uh, – you know, they play to the whistle. I would say that um, that's one thing. They're not quitting in the play. They're playing hard. Uh, they got some talented long receivers on the outside that we got to make sure that uh, we, we keep them from making plays down the field. But um, as a whole, you know, they are a uh, – there's times when you look on tape, you're like, that's a really, really good football team. That's a playoff football team. And, that, and other times you see based on maybe some injuries they've had throughout the year, there's been some inconsistency. And obviously it's our job as a football team, as an offense, a defense, a special teams, to try to bring out, force them into those those mistakes and those inconsistencies of playing. Um, and that's obviously our kids playing, you know, all the things we talk about here at Westlake, playing full speed for seven seconds, playing to the echo of the whistle. Obviously, you know, we're talking about killing our opponent's will and trying to get those guys to say enough is enough. And uh, uh, it's going to be hard to do as you get in the Texas high school playoffs because everybody here is fighting for another day. Everybody understands that uh, one loss, and, and we're back at home stacking, you know, uh, thigh pads and knee pads next week. So um, they have seniors, they have coaches. Um, they they've been they're going to have a good game plan. They're going to have pride. Uh, they're going to come out and try to give us their very best. And and I can just um, all I have to go on is what our kids are showing me this week with preparation, and uh, it's been great. And um, you know I, I'm going to sleep good tonight. We have a good practice here in 20 minutes, and and know that our football team's ready to go out, you know, regardless of the outcome. I think we put in the same preparation this week as we have every other week, and uh, that's all you can ask of your kids. It's tomorrow night, Chaparral Stadium, 730, Westlake hosting Cedar Ridge as the Chaps 
get their playoff journey started with a by-district game in the Class 6A Division One bracket. He is the head coach of the Westlake Chaparrales. He is Tony Salazar. Coach, thank you so much for joining us. As always, hopefully we can get you back in studio next week, and good luck to you and your kids tomorrow night. Thanks, guys. I should be back next week. It's uh, you know a great opportunity for our kids to play on a Thursday night and, and really just uh, to be a, a Thursday night showcase. You know, I want these guys to, to be on the biggest and grandest stages, and they deserve it. And so we hope we go out there and throw a product that uh, obviously everybody here at Westlake Nation and Westlake High School is proud of. And, and I'm proud, obviously, to our kids at this point, everything they've done to get to this point, district champions and 26-6A, and they position themselves to be in the best spot possible in the playoffs. That was the goal. And uh, so here we are. We look forward to the challenge tomorrow night to see the Ridge present, uh, brings into our place. I hope everybody who's listening here at, uh, that loves red, white, and blue show up and, and pack these stands and, and help our seniors obviously get another get another uh, game next week. So thank you guys for your time so much. All right, y'all have a great weekend. Appreciate it, Coach. There he is, head coach of the Westlake Chaparrales. Tony Salazar joining us for his weekly visit brought to you by our good friends at Texas Truck and Trailer. All right, we got to take a break. Coming back, it'll be Snoop's edition of the Whataburger Top 5 here on Life the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. B&E. You talked about how you get, what'd you give your brother the uh, sleeper sleeper hole? Oh, yeah. Uh, we used to try to, my brother and I used to try to give each other the figure four leg lock. Oh. Rolling along, Wednesday edition of Light the Tower on the Horn. Jeff House, Snoop Daniel, Big Thank You to Westlake head coach, Tony Salazar for joining us for his weekly visit. Talked a little Longhorn football, too, in that first segment. Long first segment, that means we've got to uh, hop to it. And we got to get to the Snoop Daniel edition of the Whataburger Top 5. Whataburger Top 5. Top five. Okay, prepare to receive today's edition. Here we go. Top five players to watch. All right, it's Wednesday. That means even though Craig isn't here, it would be a Snoop Daniel edition regardless. So, Snoop, the floor is yours, sir. Okay, so I got a tie at five. It's just a two-way tie, but they're on the same team, and they're the running back tandem for LaGrange. Since I don't show LaGrange a lot of love, but it's it's Jaden Williams and Jacoby Wilkerson. Uh, Jaden is more the bell cow. He's a junior. Jacoby is the senior. Uh, both of them with double-digit rushing touchdowns. Uh, they're playing Madisonville this week. Uh, the running back tandem of Jacoby and Jaden. Uh, my tie at number five. Number four, uh, a QB1 for the Taylor Ducks. All right, this guy, Ryan Valdez, who played in sparsely last year but really has been the, the, the engine that makes this team go. 15 passing touchdowns, seven rushing tutties. Uh, Bernie is going to be a tough matchup because they won their district. Uh, Taylor barely got in, but they earned it with a tough victory against Burnett to do so. And uh, the tall tale on Ryan Valdez, the senior, gets a chance to uh, really – Put his name in Taylor Lore. Remember that the Ducks went winless over, or won like two combined games over the last previous four years. Last year, kind of turned it around. Playoff bound this year. Number three is a guy that if Cedar Ridge is going to have a chance in heck against the 50 wins in a row, Westlake, uh, they're going to need a young man named Zane Wofford to really uh, have his uh, game of his life. Uh, Zane came on uh, last year as kind of like an unknown commodity. Had a couple of big plays early and has really been the number one receiver for Cedar Ridge. Now two years running. A bunch of youngsters around him. We talk about Reese Brooks and even John Gentry to some point. But uh, Zane Wofford, a big part of that win over McNeil. 
and uh, just really the heart and soul of that team. So Zane Wofford, big key to watch for Cedar Ridge, uh, potentially playing their last game of the year at Chaparral Stadium. Uh, number two. Uh, is the Wimberley running back. I know Wimberley gets a lot of love for their defense, which has been stout, and their young quarterback, their sophomore quarterback. But Johnny Ball, uh, their their bell cow running back, really doesn't have his name said very often. Uh, YMLA, it should be like a 70 to nothing win. But I want people to know Johnny Ball's name because uh, they, uh, you know, he doesn't get enough shine time. That's my uh, number two player to watch. And then my number one player to watch on, uh, on th- these games, by the way, are all on Thursday, by the way. Is uh, Paxton Land not getting enough love? You hear Jaden Greathouse, you hear Keaton Quebecca, you hear Colton Vosick all day long. Paxton Land has been outstanding since his return from a neck injury. And really, uh, as well as Brett Skinner was doing beforehand filling in for him, you really haven't heard any whispers of them ushering him back in. And I want to make sure that I get these stats perfect because what Paxton has done over the last few games is just outstanding. Let me see here. I want to get the last, sorry. This is my fault. Uh, okay. Paxton Land over the last. This is, okay. His quarterback rating is 153. He has not thrown an interception all year. He has 16 touchdowns. And in uh, barely playing last week, because they let a lot of the backups play, 10 for 10 passing and a touchdown. So Paxton Land has not had his name said enough. But if you're watching Thursday games, he's the player to watch. Number seven, by the way. Uh, for the Westlake Chaparrales, my Waterburger top five players to watch. There you go. All right, we got to uh, we got to get back on the clock. Uh, a little inside baseball because uh, we did run a little long in that first segment. But great job, Snoop, on the yeah. Waterburger top five, running it down. We'll uh, talk more high school football, high school sports coming up in the second hour because we've got Snoop's Flex Thirty segment. Uh, also, we'll get back to talking Texas TCU with Longhorn Notebook. That'll be uh, at the top of hour number two. But right now, take a break. Come back. Inconceivable. We'll close out hour number one here on Light the Tower on the Horn, live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Hi, I'm Brad with Homes by Avi. And I'm. I don't know if I can miss what you think it means. We got two today for Inconceivable. Uh, Snoop, do you want this election, uh, this proposition measure that I had to go down the rabbit hole for, or do you want a... Uh, that last, because uh, it, it sounds like you put some work into... Not really, but no. it's just it was one of those that I was like, surely that can't be right. Or you want a, uh, a CFO of a company getting drunk and going into somebody's house. High-ranking executive. Oh, so who would that be like here at ARN? Who, who would that person be? Uh, CFO? I, I don't know. I don't even know. I don't. I, I'll be honest. I don't quite know the company okay. structure and who has what specific title. So <laughs> I'm just going to imagine it's Janet Dial doing it. Go ahead, do it. Yeah. So Snoop, you've eaten Tyson foods before, right? Yes. Tyson chicken nuggets yes, or sure. you know chicken chicken breast patties yeah. or whatever. Uh, the chief financial officer of Titan Foods, the son of the company's chairman, yeah. was arrested in Arkansas over the weekend after he entered a random woman's home while he was intoxicated and fell asleep in her bed. John R. Tyson, 32, was found asleep at the home uh, in the 400 block of North Mock Avenue in Fayetteville at 2.05 a.m. Sunday. According to the preliminary arrest report, Tyson's headquarters uh, they're in Springdale, about 10 miles northeast of Fayetteville. A college-age woman who lived in the home called police about a potential burglary, saying she believes she left the front door unlocked and returned home no. to find, quote, a male she did not know sleeping in her bed. An officer found Tyson's clothes on the floor and identified oh. him by an ID in his wallet. Yeah. The officer woke Tyson up, and he sat up in bed but did not verbally respond. 
Haven't we all been there? After, According to the report, after he briefly sat up, he laid back down and tried to go to sleep, the report said. The officer said that an odor of intoxicants was coming from his breath and body and that his movements were, quote, sluggish and uncoordinated. Hmm. Must have been hammered. That, but at least he's alive because that, if it hadn't been me, I'd have been shot dead. I, I like that NBC feeling. News added this part. After it was determined that Tyson had not been invited to stay in the home and was not known to the residents, he was arrested on charges of criminal trespass and public intoxication. Uh, Tyson Foods said it was aware of the incident and that it had no further comment as it was a, quote, personal matter. So there you go. All right. Well, he's rich. and Getting drunk, walking yeah. into somebody's house. Just can't do it, man. Yeah. Especially there's some places where you're lucky to do that and not. Be dead. Yeah, exactly. Get your ass shot. Because that, I don't, I don't, I don't hey, man. know. Mess, I don't know. They find I'm, me in there. I'm going to clean it up for there, but mess around and find out. Yeah. Mess around and find out. <laughs> Snoop, Ooh. this is the measure that I had to, I saw it on TV and I'm like, man, surely that's not right. There's got to be more to this. But I saw me- uh, propositions that were on ballots in several states to permanently put an end to slavery. And I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Didn't that happen a long time ago? Like, is this a rib? Is somebody yanking my chain here? Have Mc, I been McRib? Have I been hoodwinked or bamboozled, led astray, run amok? Shout out Rod Babers. Turns out the uh, all the TV networks that I watched that talked about this left out a pretty big caveat. Voters in three states snooped approved approved ballot measures that will change their state constitutions. To prohibit slavery and involuntary servitude. And I'm like, okay, again, thought we did that long ago. But here's the catch. As a punishment for crime, while those in a fourth state rejected the move, the measures approved Tuesday curtail the use of prison labor in Alabama, Tennessee, and Vermont. In Oregon, yes was its leading yes was leading its anti-slavery ballot initiative, but the vote remained too early to call Wednesday morning. In Louisiana, a former slaveholding state, voters rejected a ballot question known as Amendment 7 that asked whether they supported a constitutional amendment to prohibit the use of involuntary servitude in the criminal justice systems. The initiative won't force immediate changes in the state's prison, but they may invite legal challenges over the practice of coercing prisoners to work under the threat of sanctions or loss of privileges if they refuse to work. So, Snoop, can you imagine... My, because again, this was not on the ballot in Texas that I voted for. Snoop, did you end up voting yesterday? Is that a no? No. You didn't vote.